Welcome to the Michael Teal Football Show. My name is Miles, and you do not have to have me recap the game. If you are a listener to the Muckle Teal Football Show, because I already told you what was going to happen in this game last episode, as I said, four touchdowns, no picks. Aaron Rodgers against the Detroit Lions on Monday Night Football. I mean, hey, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I'm going to toot my own horn. I literally called the stat line. It's what Rodgers does. Post-dud Rodgers performance. Rodgers doing a post-dud thing. That's awesome. That is awesome. And we got the week two whiplash going in full effect. Jameis Winston's back to Jameis Winston. Packers are back to being Packers. Jared Goff, consistent. He has, he's going the same. He's playing great when it doesn't matter, playing terrible when it does matter. That's Jared Goff looking like one of the top 25 quarterbacks of the league. Uh, you know, but in all seriousness, to take a moment on the Lions, great job to the Packers and the Ro- and Rodgers. That was a true comeback, and, and the last dance, too, is going well. But Lions, Dan Campbell, he's not collecting the hunks of of kneecaps uh in a bucket as the players come off the field put your kneecap in my bucket we're gonna take it back to the locker room but uh i don't know if that's exactly what he said but his team is playing hard and his team's playing hard in times in which teams normally give up when all looked lost in week one against san francisco in the face of sure blowout the lions came back and they made it a game and in the face today it's week two. Everyone is saying Green Bay is going to annihilate you. It's in Lambeau Field. Fans for the first time in a long time. It's the revenge game after a hard week one. Everything's about the Packers. And yet the Lions led 17, 14 and a half. So there is not the talent on this roster, but the team is playing hard. I am warming up to Dan Campbell. I'm not. I think this guy coached under sean payton for a long time he's not an idiot just because he said he was going to bite off a hunk of your knee as he was coming out with personal foul by the way uh an elite press conference so dan campbell in detroit hope they get something going there It'd be fun to have the lions be good aaron Rodgers today passed the john elway line on the passing yards the all-time leaderboard into the top 10 into the top 10 so Rodgers is a top 10 passer which he's been a top 10 touchdown thrower for so long. It, it, Rodgers is just not known for huge yardage games. I mean, he's way behind Eli and Matt Ryan and Big Ben and Rivers, behind them in yards, ahead of them in touchdowns. Probably because the classic Rodgers stat line is similar to n- tonight. Eh, you know, about 300 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, like today, like today. Elway falls to number 11 in the top time leader, top well, the leaderboard for the passing yards. He joined the top 10 in 1993. John Elway did. It's just, I love NFL history. That's this show. It's just kind of bittersweet to me to think about all who are going to pass up Elway as the years go by and how, because of the passing yards that are being lined up in the NFL, don't get me wrong, I love the passing offense. I love watching these games. But it just kind of saddens me that 
the the inferior names that are going to be passing up Elway, Montana, Moon, Fouts as they fade and and and, and it loses loses context how much better than the rest of the league these guys are playing at their time. And now the 15th best passer in 2021 is making more progress on the leaderboard. I don't know. It's kind of a bummer. I do not want to go back to running the ball three yards in a cloud of dust, belly dive. I don't want to do that. I just wish that those players, God, could you imagine Dan Marino with these rules? He had a worn moon with these rules. Randall Cunningham with these rules and these, the smarter coaches. That's just a tragedy to me. But you can simulate it all in Madden. Uh, welcome to the Muckle Teal episode. Uh, episode 10, I believe. This show is football everything. NFL history, legacy, ups and downs of a season, sprinklings of fantasy football. Follow us uh, on Twitter at Muck, M-U-K underscore football on Twitter. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We have shows Monday after Monday Night Football, Thursday after Thursday Night Football, and Sunday nights if something needs attention. And, and something did need attention this time, but I just didn't get on. Let's talk about Sunday night football. Let's talk about Mahomes versus Lamar and the game of the year in what has already been an amazing start to an NFL season. I didn't think we could have a game of the year right away multiple times. We, we had Tampa Bay, Dallas. Honestly, Oakland, or Oakland, Las Vegas, Baltimore was great. Seahawks, Titans was great. I didn't like the way it ended, but it was great. But this game, Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson, Sunday night football, it has really been a great, great start to the NFL season. Mahomes, Jackson. I like this. This is good for the NFL. This is really good for the NFL. This is a rivalry percolating here, especially since Lamar Jackson finally got a win. The Ravens finally got a win. And this rivalry is so cool. It's so interesting because like I said on the preview last week, this is not Brady Patriots versus Peyton Manning Colts, two elite pocket passers going against each other. It's not Red Sox Yankees, two Goliath payroll rotations and sluggers. This rivalry is more, more magic bird. This is magic Lakers, bird Celtics dynamic in the same sport, but dynamic in two very different ways. Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, they simply won't look the same. They're not trading tit for tat. They are doing two very different things, two very different types of electricity. Mahomes, just these steady, powerful surges down the field, like a neon sign just overloading, running that Andy Reid juggernaut offense. And Lamar, it's just kind of, and then sudden lightning out of a bottle. He just explodes out of there. Those are the types of electricity, and these are technical football terms I'm using. No, this is great. And I'm just so happy that the Ravens won. I, I was personally rooting for the chiefs cause I picked them, picked them to cover. Um, but Hey, I make the best of what happened to pretend like I thought it was going to happen the whole time. The Mahomes chiefs, they were three and O over the Lamar Ravens fairly convincingly, uh, and appeared to be on their way to four and O multiple times last night. I can tell you after the pick six on the third play from Lamar Jackson, I thought it was Kansas city's day yet again. Uh, after Lamar and Mahomes had traded touchdowns, there's another pick from Lamar Jackson. I thought, oh, it's Kansas City's day. Kansas City, because this is not a rivalry. And then third quarter, there was this, there was this 
trade-off where Mahomes threw a 40-yard bomb to Byron Pringle. And I was like, okay, we're about done. We're about done. I can, I can take a nap. And then Lamar Jackson has this jump pass to Hollywood Brown, this awesome play. I'm like, oh, we got something going. And then Mahomes gives it to his tight end who shows the elite Travis Kelsey yard after catch mode negating the jump pass. And I was like, okay, well, it's Kansas City State. But this back and forth, this back and forth is what's making it building a classic. Building a classic. Mahomes throws that pick. Throws that interception. I'm amazed he doesn't have more interceptions like that. That he completes most of those. <laughs> Falling backwards, just going crazy, and it goes, lands in somebody's arms. Uh, usually a chief, this time a raven. And that interception happened. The Ravens drove, Lamar Jackson gets the touchdown, and I thought to myself, okay, well, now this is interesting because then Kansas City punted, and Lamar Jackson takes it again. That's when Lamar Jackson and John Harbaugh truly changed this game. We said, everyone said, Lamar Jackson, he can't come back. What if he gets down? He's not going to be able to go blow for blow with Mahomes. I said it moments ago in the, in the review episode of a game he won. I said that. He can't go blow for blow with Mahomes. Well, he didn't. He went blow for just when you grab the boxer and you just you just hold his head there for a whole round. What is that called? Because Lamar Jackson and Harbaugh just slowed down the game. They took a whole chunk of the fourth quarter out of there. This eight minute seventy or thirteen play was it thirteen plays fifteen plays fifteen plays. Eight-minute drive culminating in another short yardage Lamar Jackson touchdown in which he did a flip in and puts them up by one. They took the fourth quarter away. They, they took the fourth quarter away. And it was so cool. I just thought this is so interesting because Mahomes is going down the field right away and the Ravens are slugging it down there. But, I mean, then they had three minutes and Mahomes just th- 23 yards, 13 yards, seven yards. It was like 43 yards, like butter right through. We get that Clyde Edwards, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire fumble. Oh, goodness. Goodness for my fantasy team. But man, how legacies turn on a dime. Because what are we talking about if OA doesn't force that fumble on Clyde Edwards, Hilaire? Are we talking about this being a rivalry? Am I rambling on about this game? If the Chiefs just won it after kicking a field goal after Lamar Jackson flips, so the Ravens get it, run, run, pass. They're a fourth and one. The, a first down clinches the game. And Harbaugh says, you can see him on the broadcast. You want to go for it? You want to go for it to Lamar? Which, by the way, means yes, we're going for this. Because <laughs> what quarterback in the world would ever say no? But Harbaugh, also smart to make sure his quarterback is feeling it, giving him the feel, saying, you know, hey, yeah, you, you, do you feel like you want to do this? That's some great coaching. That's some great management. And the play was inevitable. I guarantee you, if you took a poll of every fan in Kansas City and every fan in on the sideline or every player on the sideline in Kansas City, you took a poll of how they felt in that split second before the snap without even knowing what the play is going to be. Every Kansas City fan was absolutely dreading the fact that they were going for it. You don't like the analytics? Do this test. Take that poll. Talk to the fans and the players what they thought about Ravens going for it on fourth down, down to one. They were not happy. They were not happy before the play. I guarantee you. 
Lamar picked it up easily. Baltimore goes wild. Isn't that the point to do the other thing? The team dreads. It's just great. And, and I gotten in, you know, you get in Twitter arguments, you get in all sorts of football fan arguments. That's the, that's, that's the point of being a fan, right? We're fanatical. Oh, you got to trust your defense there. You got to punt it. Cause that's, that's what everyone said about bill Belichick in a game that really reminded me of this one, 2009 new England, Indianapolis, Sunday night football. One of my favorite games of all time. Belichick went for it on fourth and two from his own territory. He trusted Brady. Brady didn't get it. And they said, Oh, he should have punted to Peyton Manning. Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison should have punted to them when they only needed a field goal. You got to trust your defense. You got to trust your defense. You got to, what kind of message does it send? If I was John Harbaugh or if I was Bill Belichick back then, I would say defense. I will trust you on any fourth and short when a first down clinches the game. If you can show me that you won't give up more than a touchdown per quarter. Can you say that under 35 points? And then we'll talk. Then we'll talk about it. But right now you're giving them in the field goal range. Like damn butter. Remember 10 real time minutes ago when Mahomes threw for 43 yards in three seconds. Trust your defense. Those guys don't have a podcast, so they didn't get to do, they didn't get to talk about that. That's my argument. No. <laughs> Is this Lamar Jackson's signature win? It might be. It might be so far. It was a primetime thriller. It was over the best the NFL has to offer. Save you know, perhaps Tampa Bay and Brady, but you could argue that this is Lamar Jackson's best game or signature game. Maybe the Tennessee victory in the playoffs last year, exercising some demons from being beat by Tennessee in the 2019 season. Lamar demolished the Jets for five touchdowns, the Dolphins for five touchdowns, the Rams for five touchdowns. Some of those in big time, prime time games. Maybe those, maybe those are signature, but this day, this was all Lamar. And no business doing this with the offensive line the way it was, with the running backs the way they were, with Mahomes playing so well. That's the key. He did it while Mahomes played well. Mahomes played good enough to win, and he didn't. It's weird. And now I want to pivot to historical stuff. And yeah, most of this podcast is about Lamar Mahomes, but it should be about it. It should be about it because this is amazing. We need to appreciate this. This is so good for the NFL to have Lamar get one. And to do it this way, not by becoming Mahomesian through the air, not taking the next step, quote unquote, into Mahomes, but doing it his own way with giant fourth quarter, eight minute drives with designed runs with the running back or the quarterback right up the middle, the quarterback up the middle. <laughs> That's called a QB sneak. It used to be, but it's a part of the Ravens offense. You got linemen going both ways. Like Collinsworth called out in the broadcast. We have not seen a quarterback rivalry like this before. It has not happened in NFL history. And we've had some good rivalries, but, but l- l- exhibit, I got three, exhibit A, exhibit A. We have not seen a rivalry like Lamar versus Mahomes. First, quarterbacks this young have historically not been very good. The idea of a quarterback starting off well used to be reserved for Dan Marino and Peyton Manning alone. For like 90 years of football until 2008, basically 2008, 2009, when college football started really seeping into the NFL and coaches embraced some of those philosophies before that as a rookie quarterback, you expected to suck. And most of them did, 
including Marino and Peyton by, by their later standards. QBs this young have historically not been this good. And you might say, well, well, Brady and Manning, boy, they had a rivalry going, but I challenge you to take your memory back there. Take your memory back there. If you're that old, like me, it wasn't Peyton versus Brady in those early two thousands. It was Peyton overcoming the Patriots. It was Peyton versus Belichick Peyton versus that defense. Not Peyton versus Brady. Not until 2006, 2007, 2008 did it become more quarterback-centric. When Brady got Moss, Welker, later Gronk and Edelman. And there's another good rivalry that I'm sure people are probably thinking, at least people from Buffalo and Miami, thinking about Marino, Jim Kelly, and those early 90s Bills, Dolphins, battles for AFC supremacy. I mean, man... I miss the early 90s. Uh, but that rivalry, too, it didn't happen this young. It really didn't happen until the eighth season when both Kelly and Marino were elite at the same time. Marino was elite earlier, but Kelly wasn't really until he got the K gun because he did the whole USFL thing and then had a couple of uh, you know lackluster years under Marv Levy before Marv Levy stole the no huddle offense from the Bengals because he hated it which I love. Take the thing you dread. Make it yours. That was year eight. Again, Mahomes is in year five. Lamar is in year four. We haven't seen this before. And neither Kelly never got an MVP. We got two MVPs this young in their career with a rivalry. And we've, we've had a dearth of true QB rivalries in NFL history. Brady Payton is abnormal. Marino Kelly is abnormal because you need both elite quarterback play. The quarterback needs to be the identity of the team. And frankly, they need to play each other. They need to play each other as often. I mean, we're going to go back here. Bradshaw, Staubach made the most of their Super Bowls, but rarely faced each other. Montana never really had a rival, not a real rival. Young, Steve Young, Troy Aikman. And the faces of of a better rivalry, certainly, that Dallas-San Francisco rivalry was lit. I mean, that was epic. But were they the faces? Were Steve Young and Troy Aikman the faces of that? Emmett Smith, Jerry Rice, Michael Irvin, Deion Sanders? I don't know. I don't know that that was really a quarterback rivalry. Far versus the Vikings, far versus the Bears. Not no true rival. Big Ben, Eli Rivers never saw enough of each other. Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, 13 years in the NFC together, dominating the NFC. They played each other five times. Five. One more than Mahomes and Lamar have so far. Isn't that crazy? They never played in the playoffs, Brees and Rodgers. Never ever. And one of those... One of those games was last year when Breeze was on his last legs. We were robbed of Elway Marino. We're worse than Breeze and Rodgers. Elway and Marino played two times. Two regular season games. One in 85, one in 98. So they were drafted in 83. They played for 16 seasons together in the AFC. And they played twice. 85, 98 in the regular season once in the playoffs. Hey, man, the scheduling was messed up back then. So exhibit A was how these, that the quarterbacks have been, not been this young before. 
Exhibit B is that we don't really have any quarterback rivalries to point to besides Brady Manning and maybe Marino Kelly. And number three, the difference in styles, the electricity stuff that I was talking about, the way Lamar does it versus the way Mahomes does it. This is great. And some may say, you know, it's too early to say all this, Miles. But that's the point. That's the point I'm making. At no other time have we had this type of careers lining up together, already MVPs. We should be pumped about this. Okay. We're 20 minutes in. I got to go through the rest of the NFL. I'm just kidding. I'm going to do my winners of the day, losers of the day, meme of the day. Let's go to winners first. It was a great week, a great week for the run game. And that's rare. That's rare because we usually kind of see the passing offenses get hot and they are hot. They are hot to be clear. Offenses in general are hot. Dallas, highly questionable coaching from Mike McCarthy, especially that field goal uh, situation where it looked like he was going to let the clock run out and lose (laughs) or go to overtime or but uh, someone told him, oh, call a timeout, and they didn't get any more yards. They tried a 54, 56-yard field goal, and they made it, and so now he's a hero, but that is not my point. My point is the running game with Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. Boy, they're just humming along versus the Chargers, quote, on the road. Man, Dallas fans came out like uh, gangbusters in that L.A. stadium. Elliot Pollard, RB3 and RB5 of the week by Yahoo Fantasy Scoring. And you know, it is September. We are seeing a lot of passing offenses. We're marveling at these high-flying circus wire acts. Brady's throwing five touchdowns. Rogers throwing four touchdowns. Mahomes throwing four touchdowns. We got Kyler Murray going nuts. Even, even guys like Kirk Cousins doing great, putting up tons of yards. Look, Dak Prescott last week. But if the Dallas offense can keep up, September always fades into October, always fades into November, always fades into December. And you know what, what, what kind of comes out like the diamonds in the rough? These run games. They, they hold and keep things stable. Pollard and Zeke with the Dallas offensive line, this is the type of thing that could age well into that Texas winter. This is the first time in a while that I've actually thought of Dallas as a potential playoff team. Mike McCarthy, though, is an absolute joke. Uh, it just all around. Now we got to talk about Derrick Henry. We have to talk about Derrick Henry. Great week for the run game. Great week for the run game. Now I'm a Seahawks fan, so I'm going to say I ain't into it, but it is kind of fun. I wish that it wasn't against me, but two major comebacks on the ground, one against Pat Mahomes when the Ravens did it to Pat Mahomes and one by the Titans with Derrick Henry initiating a comeback by running the ball. It's supposed to be impossible. Supposed to be impossible, they said. People like me. People like me say it. (laughs) The Titans, they were down, and they just started running the ball with Derrick Henry until they were winning. Against two of the more elite uh, quarterbacks in the NFL, Mahomes and Wilson, the Titans... They have always had, they always get the shit. What happens when they're down and they have to throw? What happens when they're down and they have to throw? They're not going to be able to just run their way back in the game. Well, they ran their way back into a game. Giant epic comeback. Avoided 0-2. They needed some help. 
just like the Ravens needed help from Mahomes, they did need help from Wilson. They needed Wilson to basically go away for a while. Uncharacteristic of uh, of what usually happens. Maybe this is why all these running teams lose in the divisional round of the playoffs every year, because eventually an elite quarterback easily beats them. Wilson just needs to make a couple first downs. Can't go three and out in overtime. Mahomes needs to not throw an interception. Edward Solaire needs to not fumble. They, they punted. I know I'm doing two different things, but the Titans and Ravens came back with ground game. Is it possible? Is it possible to keep this up? I don't know. I don't know. I'd rather have the elite passing game. Winner, last winners of the day, Tyler Lockett, Seahawks receiver, and Cooper Cup, Rams receivers. Look at the measurables that they tell us to care about in the draft. And then look at these guys. <laughs> Short little guys. They're fast, but not the fastest. They're number two and number three in receiving yards over the last two weeks. They just make it happen. Speed, angles, just body positioning. God, Lockett can catch those, bl- those bloops. Looks like Willie Mays when he makes those catches. Debo Samuel is number one in receiving yards, by the way. And last week's episode, I made him one of my winners. The guy's just fun to watch. Debo, Tyler Lockett, Cooper Cup. These are the guys leading receiving yards after two weeks. They're fun to watch. They're different. I like it. Losers of the day. Now, I don't want to make a habit of saying that somebody who got injured is a, is a loser. An injury doesn't make a man a loser. But Carson Wentz, the injury was inevitable. Like Thanos. I watched both games. Uh, uh, the Colts played the Seahawks in week one, and then I really was really intrigued by the Colts-Rams matchup, so I watched that game. So I watched these games all the way through. A lot of them I just watched the highlights, but this one I watched the, the, the ins and outs of the game, and you do get a different impression. The amount of times that Wentz tried to break a tackle, extend a play, just go down. You need that Brady-Payton school of just go down and fight another day. Why, would he, why is Carson Wentz like, I know what Brady and Peyton Manning do, but I handle, the, I handle this quarterback thing my own way. Aaron Donald is coming. He beat his guy, and you're the quarterback. Go down. Go down. It was inevitable that he would get hurt. He's got sprained both his ankles. Uh, I hope he gets better, but he, needs, he really needs to improve that. Um, losers of the day. What exactly? The taunting calls. Week one was bad, but I think there was just so much other thing going on in week one. Did the, did the United League of Polite Society send a sternly worded letter by arrow mail to the NFL office? Or what, what happened here? What kind of horse-drawn carriage letter did the, did the polite society send that the NFL's like, we got to crack down on this. The, 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 the flags are so embarrassing. Like, a guy's excited. A guy's pumped. And they're playing a brutal game. We're, try, we're just, it bugs me because of the hypocrisy. We're trying to pretend like this game isn't brutal. Legs snap. Legs snap. People just break their bones out there. We talk about, you can tell, we talk about sprains like they're Nothing. Nothing. Millions of dollars are made. Millions of dollars are lost. Sometimes in inches and circumstances. And we're worried about taunting. I know I'm not saying anything revolutionary, but just bothers me. Uh, losers, you know, I, I know the Bears won. 
Dalton is hurt. Fields didn't look great, but at least he showed something. My loser is actually Allen Robinson for the blurb that I just said. Fields didn't look great, but at least he's something. That's what everyone has to say right now because he didn't look that great and at least, but he would have had a, a, a gem of a highlight. He would have had a gem of a highlight to show, but he threw this perfect pass to Allen Robinson deep down the field and Robinson dropped it. Hey, Rob, how could you? You're supposed to be the guy who's never had a good quarterback who would explode once you finally did. Years of Bortles and Trubisky, Foles and Dalton. And he dropped it. Robinson dropped it. Maybe he just wasn't used to it. It was such a great throw. If Robinson catches that throw, we are talking a little bit differently about Justin Fields going forward after the Dalton injury uh, in Chicago. Okay, let's get to meme of the day, and then we'll wrap it up. I will be back on Thursday, and yes, we're in the losers of the day section right now. We will be back, and we will talk Jets quarterbacks and Zach Wilson and zero touchdowns and four interceptions. We'll talk about that on Thursday, but we got to get to the meme of the day. The meme of the day. It's the muckle to your football meme of the day. (laughs) I need a theme song or backup singers. I've seen this multiple times, but... The Phillies, the failed Philly special, uh, that's memeable. Why did they do that? The Eagles, it's the week two, new coach, Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts, Greg Ward. Why? Why are you doing the Philly special and failing at it? The risk reward, first of all, was not there. It was fourth and short after a 91 yard play against Jimmy Garoppolo, who hadn't even had a first down at that point, or if he had it, it was one of his first ones because they went three and out like three times in a row in the first quarter. Peterson and Foles ran the Philly special in the Super Bowl in a game in which Tom Brady was on absolute fire. What I arguably consider to be one of Tom Brady's greatest games that lost to the Eagles in the Super Bowl. I don't know somebody stayed with Hertz playing the Nick Foles roles. Some 49ers stayed with Hertz and there's nobody open and it was just kind of weird. And I saw the credit to uh, Roger Sherman. I saw this in a ringer article and I didn't see it anywhere else. So I wanted to credit him, but not the Philly special. That was the Philly regular, <laughs> the meme of the day. Um, actually the real meme of the day, the, the real meme of the day. That was the honorable mention is the Vikings announcer who after this epic, epic radio announcer, epic game between the Cardinals and the Vikings, 37 yard field goal. And it's good. Actually, let me play it here. High snap, put down. Joseph, come on. It is good. No, he did no it. Good. Are you kidding me? He missed it right. He missed it right. Are oh, my goodness. Just brutal. <laughs> I cannot imagine the roller coaster for Vikings fans listening on the radio. Just a long, uh, oh my goodness. You can't even tell if he's saying that about the miss or about what he did. Um, the announcer, he made an honest mistake. I'm sure it was the angle. I do want to get, it's funny, and I want to give him credit for the emotion of it. That's something real. That's football. That's why I love football. That is, that is real. That, they all went through something right there. You don't get very many moments of, of emotion like that on the broadcast radio waves coming into your television set or your, your home. I don't know. I guess I'm not a good radio announcer. I do podcasts, not radio Uh, MVP for the day. Tom Brady. 
We didn't even mention Tom Brady. Threw five touchdowns. He's 44 years old. He's got nine touchdowns in two weeks. Evans, Godwin, Gronk. Oh, I can't wait for week four. Brady versus Belichick with Brady playing like this. But first, he takes on Aaron Donald. Jalen Ramsey, that's going to be good. But what a great time to be an NFL fan. We got Mahomes and Lamar ascending into greatness. We got Tom Brady still here throwing five touchdowns. We got Aaron Rodgers still here throwing four touchdowns. This is a great time to be an NFL fan, especially if if you're a fan of quarterbacks like I obviously am because that's all I ever talk about. I just love legacy. I love talking about this stuff, and I'm really excited for week three. We'll be back on Thursday. This is the Muckleteal Football Show. My name is Miles, and good night. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.